Well, hey there. Welcome to The Real Podcast, hosted by Jason Kaliba. We think that real people are interesting, not just celebrities and superstars, but also the guy standing in line next to you at the grocery store and the kid beside you in church. We're passionate about sharing the stories and insights of those people, real people, so that you're challenged and maybe even inspired to grow. If you'd like additional resources or more information about our guests, check out our webpage at cochranalliance.com backslash real. So, let's get real. All right, here we go. Uh, I, uh, I consider myself to be a, a pretty long-term Cochranite. Uh, my wife and I moved uh, here in 1997, uh, just after we got married. And aside from a little two-year hiatus in Vancouver, Cochrane has been my home pretty much uh, the whole time. So uh, uh, I, I feel like this is my town. However, uh, for those who have truly lived here, I, maybe I'm still new. I'm just getting my feet wet in this town. Uh, and, and one of those people who have been here a long, long time is uh, our mayor, Jeff Janung. So uh, Jeff, uh, well, he, he came to Cochrane as a young boy uh, when I was only one years old. Uh, and uh, you know that you're a long-term Cochraneite when you can talk about the days uh, that you shopped at the only grocery store in town, which was IGA. And I remember those days. But Jeff uh, lays the claim to fame of not only shopping there, but he worked there in high school. Uh, so uh, having, having lived in Cochrane for a, a long time, uh, he knows the, the landscape. And uh, not only is he a long-term resident, but uh, he has served as our mayor since uh, October 2017. Before that, between 2001 and 2007, he served on council. And uh, it's my privilege uh, today to welcome into the real studio, such as it is, uh, Jeff Janung. So Jeff, uh, welcome. Uh, we're, we're delighted to have you as the mayor of, uh, of our town. Well, thank you so much for having me. You really did your homework. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the journalism skills are not my, my right arm, but, uh, or not my, my strong suit, but we can do a little bit of research here and there. Uh, yeah. Jeff, besides your... Besides your portfolio, uh, uh, being mayor uh, and running a business in town, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. Um, well, as you've mentioned, long-term resident, moved here in grade two. Uh, my folks uh, uprooted us from uh, the, the distant uh, city to the east of Calgary. So I haven't moved that far in my life. Um, but every time my wife and I think about relocating our family, we always go through a checklist of all the things that we mm. uh, would like in a community. And we found that we've always had what we've ever needed right here in Cochrane. So anytime we, we start to look outwards, we start to realize how lucky we are and in the place that we live already. So, um, yeah, married, have two kids. My daughter's 20. She's just home from University of Victoria now. Uh, finishing her studies while well, she just finished here last week with uh, her online portion of her third year at university. And my son is 17 and he's at Cochrane High in grade 11. Well, he's just finishing grade 11, I guess, online here in the last month or so of school that's left. Yeah. Okay. Uh, own Cochrane Coffee Traders. I've served on council two terms, as you've mentioned, and now as mayor. So it's a uh, yeah, we love this community. My my folks are still here. My sister has a business here. So my whole family's here. Okay. Well, uh, 
Jeff, uh, as uh, I'm talking to you, uh, we are still maybe at uh, the highest level of vigilance when it comes to our response to this pandemic. And so um, what's, what's keeping you awake at night when you are thinking and wondering and maybe worrying from time to time? What's, what's on your mind? Uh, well, this has been a heavy time. There's been so much going on, and I think the, the difficulty of it all has been the constant change and the uncertainty. Mm. And so um, one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is they're struggling with sleep, and I think that's uh, just a, you know, an occurrence that happens when you're stressed out is one of the, the things that happens is uh, sleep deprivation. So uh, mm. I've been... I've been struggling with that a little bit, uh, but the things that keep me awake are, well, I mean, I have my own struggles with my own business as we've adapted and trying to go online or curbside pickup or whatever the situation will allow. And then obviously with the town, it's been a lot. I mean, we've got, uh, we're an employer obviously of 250 to sometimes 300 people, um, but also, a municipal government that has to react and provide essential services for our residents. So there's, it's been a, it's been a lot. That's what I keep saying to people. It's just been a lot. And mm. it's, uh, it's a little bit of everything. Um, and as you, you know, I mean, my mantra in life is just one day at a time, uh, one inch at a time, uh, as a former triathlete, we used to, uh, our mantra was how to eat an elephant. And it's one bite at a time. So uh -huh. that's, I'm approaching uh, this job now in the same format. Hmm. Well, I know one of the comments that was made early on in these days that uh, stuck in my head was that the difference with the pandemic compared to a lot of like international crises is that it actually plays out at a very local level in a lot of ways. Like local leaders are needed to respond to it. It's not like something that's out of our hands. It's happening only in Ottawa or... Uh, you know, there's a draft that's largely out of our hands. Actually, every local leader has decisions to be made to provide uh, leadership for those that they serve. And so I know even in the church community, I feel like I'm in, I have to make decisions wisely. And uh, uh, I, I'm guessing that mayors certainly uh, are feeling that across the country. Yeah, it's been interesting because, as you say, I mean, it's, it affects each community differently at a local level. While we're all struggling with the same, you know, pandemic, um, you can tell, say, maybe a community of Brooks or High River are even struggling uh, through it at a way different level than what we are here in Cochrane, and we're lucky for that. Mm. But it has yeah. been up to each community leader to be the face, be the voice. A lot of what I'm finding is that people in there, when they're scared and fearful, uh, they don't know where to turn to, um, and one of the People, well, and I've made myself quite accessible as a politician uh, right from the beginning of my term. And I mean, for better or worse, that people are reaching out, mm. even if they don't know. Um, well, it, it's I may not always be the right jurisdiction and have the answer, yeah. but I'm the most accessible person that they know. So they reach out to me. So mm. it's been a there's been a lot of calls, whether it be you know um, about the the pandemic itself or can I bring my trailer home? Um, where can I walk my dog? It, mm. it's, it's everything. And mm. as I said earlier, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So talk to me a little bit about your philosophy. And I imagine when you were 
running in 2017 for leadership, um, the thought that you might be uh, at the helm of our town when this kind of emergency was happening, I, I doubt that was even in the furthest reaches of your mind. Uh, but what's your sense of what is your role as mayor uh, in, in a time of crisis uh, like we are experiencing now? Do you see it the same as it was before in quote unquote normal times or, or do you see some new parts of the role emerging? Um, well, what this has done has uh, really highlighted uh, things. It's distilled down what's important, mm. at least in my view, um, health, safety, uh, water, food, uh, connection with others. Uh, it's really, you know, that's kind of been a positive and a negative in all of this, but as a, my platform actually when I ran in 2017 was about uh, communication, connection, and mm -hmm. culture. And those three things, yeah, and you're right, I had no idea that uh, this would, you know, fall upon our uh, term, but uh, as an elected official, you take the, the good with the bad for better or worse. Mm -hmm. um, and my belief is you rise up and you, you need to be who you are in the moment. And um, what people need is what you have to give. So um, for this, it's ironic actually that communication has been the one of the pillars that uh, we've fallen on as a community to try and uh, just stay connected with our residents. Um, mm. People need to know what's going on, uh, what's been our response, where can they go for help, um, whether it be financial or social, uh, all of that. So yeah, my role has just been, well, A, there's, a, there's the one where it's, as the, the definition of the role is, um, I am the spokesperson of the community. So anything that comes out of our emergency response flows through the mayor. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of had to be on call right at the beginning, 24 seven almost as we were responding in real time to this. And it's kind of flattened out a little after, yep. but now it's been the backlog of, of residents, just as I said earlier, reaching out for, for answers. Hmm. So talk to me a little bit about self-care in these times when, you know, you're wake. like I know I've had a few nights when I wake up and then the, it just seems that the flywheel is rolling a million miles an hour. I can't shut it off. You're getting calls. Uh, you're, you know, there's lots of information, some of it true, some of it not. What, what does self-care look for you? Uh, how, how do you take care of yourself in these days to make sure that you got longevity? Um, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it because, uh, well, for me personally, I struggled. I think we kind of went in, my birthday was the 11th of March. That was kind of the, I look back on that time as that was normal. Yeah. Um, and then around the 15th or so we, this kind of hit Cochrane and then ever since we've been in this pandemic mode, but the first, I would say Easter from March 15th to Easter, I was just flat out. Mm -hmm. not taking care of myself, always responding to emails, Facebook messages. Uh, obviously, social media has made us uh, open and accessible 24-7, and people take advantage of that. They go to yeah. the easiest source to get a hold of somebody, and it's usually social media. Yeah. So for me, and I was having trouble turning that off, and I felt like I needed to answer everybody in real time to you know, help them. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had a low moment around Easter where I just had to turn everything off for that, that weekend. And um, just, I came to the realization I need to, to actually take a break here and there. So I've gone back to what 
um, worked for me in my previous life, and that was, and I mentioned a triathlon. So I, I've enjoyed, I've always enjoyed running or cycling. So mm -hmm. I'll just go for a run. And I've been trying to do that every two, three days, uh, 45 minutes, an hour. And it's just that little window in the morning where I can go and clear my head and go, go out with the dog, smell the flowers and mm. take a break. And then taking care of myself physically has actually opened up my mental capacity. And I'll uh, think of a speech or a response to an email while I'm out running and come home and jot it down. And yeah. it's kind of made the... Uh, the day-to-day -day a lot easier for me. So I mean, mental health, sorry to interrupt, but that, that mental health part is so important for people in this. Mm -hmm. And I, I think everybody is trying to find their their run, I guess, for lack of a better yeah. way to put it. Hmm. Uh, I know that uh, I'm not much of a runner, but uh, online cycling, indoor cycling has taken a bigger role in my life uh, the past month or two. And I feel the same way, like a, this a little chunk of just uh, alternate stretching the the body instead of thinking about things all the time. And it provides a bit of relief. How about counsel? Um, uh, uh, how are they doing? I imagine in their own ways, maybe they are not the the main voice of, of the town, but nonetheless, many people approaching them. Uh, how yeah. are council members doing in terms of their own health and capacity to keep going? Um, well, each of them are dealing with it differently. Mm. Um, and I think that's what makes us a strong group is that we're so diverse, mm. but we've got, um, a retired person who, uh, this affects differently than some of the, we've got a single mom. Um, and so we've got a wide spectrum of people and they're all dealing with it in their own ways. Yeah. Um, we're starting to find, and I found what is, was helping us as a group, kind uh, manage through this navigate through a little better is to get back to a routine of what we were used to so we're, mm. we've decided to start meeting more regularly even if we don't always have something to really decide or talk about i mean we're good at talking so <laughs> we don't have any trouble filling the time but it's been at least for me and i know the others have said the same it's uh, comforting to actually get back to some form of normal even if it's mm -hmm. in this form uh, virtually or on the phone and it's not in person, but it's still a routine, mm. so, but they're, they're getting by. Mm. Uh, and uh, how about as a family, are you, um, what are you guys talking about as a family? Uh, do, does, is pandemic a topic of discussion home or you go, look, I've been dealing with that for 22 hours already. Let's talk about <laughs> something else. Uh, I've, uh, it's been, there's highs and lows. I, I was very nervous and uh, very worried for my daughter's safety mm. when this happened. Of course, she was in Victoria. I wasn't sure if she would be able to get home. Uh, they were going to shut ferries. I mean, there were so many things that were mm. uncertain. Uh, to have her home was a very massive relief for mm. my wife and I. Um, and then, you know, to have everybody, all our, our family at home, which we're not used to. I mean, she's been living away for the last two, three years now. So to have everyone at home again is comforting, but yet it brings its own uh, stressors and that's we're all in our own space. Uh, we're having to live on top of one another, which is good, but it's just adjustments and change. Mm -hmm. So um, through this, what, while we're adjusting to COVID, uh, we're also adjusting to a different work life, a different home life, a different income level. Uh, so 
it's been, I can understand why people are reeling in this, but uh, personally, we've taken a lot of comfort from having our family. Yeah. And then, um, but like I've said, it's, uh, it hasn't been all a better roses. We, we've had a few family <laughs> meetings where we've had to, okay, folks, um, this is, you're on kitchen duty. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't, uh, my, my kids are a little younger than yours, but uh, I would probably report similar dynamics. Um, I, I did want to ask, uh, I asked about council, but I, I did want to ask uh, to what degree have you been in, in touch with other mayors in the province or, or maybe broader than that? How are our mayors doing uh, from, from your interaction with them? What would you say? Or is it, maybe it's not a monolithic answer? Uh, no, it's, it's, I think it was just by accident, but when I, whenever I get into stress mode, I usually do things almost out of, uh, it's just a robotic response. And I reached out to, it's a group called, that we belong to as a community of Cochrane is called Mid-Size Cities. Okay. A group of 21 mayors that, that have been meeting once or twice a year to just collaborate, share experiences, um, we don't have to always recreate the wheel when we're dealing with an issue in our community. Mm -hmm. Most is issues are, you know, similar in, in other communities in Alberta. So we share those uh, solutions. So I, uh, I'm on the executive of that with the mayor of Red Deer and the mayor of Lethbridge. Mm -hmm. There's three of us. So I just asked at the very beginning of this, like, would it be, you know, beneficial to others to see each other's face or talk on the phone. So we, I organized a, a group chat and we've been meeting once a week since the beginning of this, mm. just to, uh, A, it was, well, what are you guys closing? Um, how are you dealing with resident concerns or what other things have you done to adjust to COVID-19? But now it's almost morphed into a, how's it going? Like, how's, how's your, how are you doing at home? Um, what's your yeah. life like? And we we're kind of joking around a little bit more, um, all nervousness, right? But um, it's there. And just to give you an idea, like from Red Deer, Lethbridge are the two largest, but it's Airdrie, Grand Prairie, uh, Fort McMurray, uh, Brooks. They're all, they're all, um, you have to be 15,000 residents and okay. up yep. to belong. And we've, um, you know, some of them are doing great and some of them are doing not so great. And it mm. depends on, on, I mean, Fort McMurray, we know the, the flooding. Imagine being in COVID pandemic um, response like we are in Cochrane and then add a flood. Add, yeah. Imagine our Bow River flooding and taking out our downtown right now. So I talked to the mayor last week about that and Fort McMurray, they evacuated 12,000 people. Yeah and they're trying to maintain physical distancing um and they're which is impossible to sandbag i know when when we had our flooding in cochrane i mean residents rise up you want to help and you can't help but be close to each other yeah. passing sandbags to one another or whatever it's taking so now they're really quite concerned they're going to have an outbreak of COVID 19. Mm. so uh, we're very lucky, um, all things considered yeah. here. And then you look at um, High River or or Brooks, dealing with the meatpacking plants and the very high, you know, um, levels of, of infection they're dealing with. 800 active cases, and we've got five or six in Cochrane. Yeah. 
um, we're doing we're doing well. So, mm -hmm. but you know, they're they're all different. Um, you know, we're we're all similar people. You don't run for um, mayor if you don't have uh, if you're not a people person. If you don't you know re obviously care about your community. So we all have that in common. Yep. And we're that's our foundation, and then we just we've gone down to that, and we're building up from there. Mm -hmm. So it's been, um, I hope I'm as much of a, an anchor and help to, they are, to them as they are to me. Hmm. Well, thanks for that insight. Um, yeah, the, these are, uh, like I said, none, none of these uh, men and women would have imagined that they would have to make these kind of calls uh, when they got elected. And at the same time, I think this is leadership, right? Like if, if you don't want to lead in these times, if you just want to run and hide, then you need to get out of the way and let someone else do it who is ready to lead and serve people in these days which is very difficult because um you i mean obviously it's what you signed up for yeah. you know like i said before for better or worse and you can't just turn away when it's uh when the going gets tough but it's uh it's it takes uh i don't know some people as i said earlier it's highlighted things both um, positive and negative hmm. in the way we work, um, how people react. And then there's the people that you guessed would just, you know, oh, when an emergency hits, that person's going to step up. Yeah. And some have shrunk. Well, others that you would maybe never imagine uh, stepping up have just stepped up a hundredfold. Hmm. And it's, uh, it, everybody deals with stress and pressure in a different way. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about that for the people that you lead. Um, what's your sense of how Cochranites are holding up these days? And uh, if you can give us any examples of a story or two, or like where you're like, man, there's an example of, of a, a neighborhood or a person or a group that's really stepping up. Uh, and I don't know if there's anything that's, I'm sure there's some discouraging stories as well, but what's your sense of how we're doing as a town? I think we're doing amazing. Um, and I think why is because we had uh, a couple of early cases of COVID-19 um, right at the beginning of this. And I think that really, and it was a message I, and I'm not taking credit for this, I, but I had said to everybody at that time, this is, a, this is proof that we are not immune to this. Mm -hmm. Because I think the, the common thing to do in, in, society is to, ah, we'll be fine. That's not going to affect us. It's in Italy or it's in China. Um, but then as it started to happen and we had two cases, like almost immediately here in Cochrane, I think that really got people's attention. And um, a little bit of fear is, is generally a good motivator. And, and uh, people for the most part have been following the restrictions, following the guidelines, asking questions, um, being uh, good neighbors and helping each other without being asked. It's been really cool to, to watch. So that, that I think really helped us. And I think in other communities where maybe they've ignored it, they suffered from, you know, passing community transmission. So yeah. now you're dealing with it and now, and so, but it's too late at that mm -hmm. point. So mm -hmm. we've been doing a really good job. Um, there's always going to be a small percentage of people that, don't get it, whatever it is. Um, that's been generally where most of our resources and, and time commitments go to are those people that, okay. you know, need, don't either aren't following or don't know where to get the information. 
Um, but it's overall, I, like I said earlier, I mean, we could be so much worse off and we're not. Um, and then mm -hmm. for some of the things that are happening, like the, the kids have been incredible. Um, around Easter, they were doing their own little neighborhood Easter treasure hunts where, where kids would um, make signs for windows for other kids to find. Um, there's been, uh, the, well, the first responders going around each neighborhood on the uh, schedule and collecting food for the food bank. I mean, yes. obviously, we used, used to have a spring food drive where the food bank would have their um, cupboards restored for the, for the summer. Mm -hmm. We weren't able to have that. So the first responders stepped up and they've been and filling that void. And it's been, you know, allowing residents to get out and support them at the same time. So that's been pretty cool. Over the weekend here, I interviewed a teacher to see how they're doing in all of this. And um, this gentleman, Mr. Belzey, did a, uh, he's a grade six, five, six teacher at uh, Ranch View School. Okay. He did a um, tour to Cochrane, he called it. So he, he made a, he found out where all of his students live in Cochrane, mapped out on Google Maps, a route that he could ride his bike, and wow. then uh, had a link to a website where the kids could follow him and see where he was in real time to know when they could be out on their front lawns to cool. say hello to their teacher. Mm. And it was uh, listening to him tell the story, you could tell just how much he misses his students. Yeah, This is what he does and the interaction with the kids. He was almost in tears and it mm. was, uh, he found a way to reach out to them. So mm. that was, that was pretty neat. I see. I think I read a story maybe a year or so ago about uh, company executives who like do the, the homey thing where they show up and they flip pancakes or they dress up as the mascot or whatever. And, and some, some people uh, kind of uh, say, oh, it's, it's a bit too flaky, uh, but actually those ways of just showing up and being a human being with the people that work, uh, work with them. There's some, there's another element that shows the heart and the passion they have for, for the people, not just, you know, being an executive and that it, uh, it's these kind of stories, like a, a teacher, just hey, whatever. I just want to see you, and I, yeah. I'll make it happen some way. That that brings a new that human connection that is that changes the ball game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, what I'm finding through this is that we've we've adapted through innovation, and a lot of the technology already existed. And I think a lot of the older people like myself would, uh, well, I don't need to learn that. You know, mm. I, I, I'm old school. I like to <laughs> take my notes by with a pen and I like to see people in person. I don't necessarily want to communicate over a um, virtual call, even though it's, you know, I know it's there. This has forced us to have to do it. Mm. And I, now that, um, you know, and they say three weeks, you can form a habit. This is, I think we're going into week seven now. Yep. So, I've got every single different virtual app there is to connect with people now <laughs> through the various meetings. But what I'm finding is that um, our calendars are blocked almost back to back to back mm. with virtual meetings because you don't actually have to leave. You don't yeah. have to travel. You don't have to go anywhere. So at least in my life, my experience has been that we're not allowing that cushion yeah. to decompress, compress, get ready, have those conversations like, Hey, how's the kids or where are you going on summer vacation this year? Um, uh, you know, nice tie, whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's 
boom, the meeting starts, we're in, we're on, we've got an hour, we're talking, it's, and it's generally not enough. And then, okay, guys, I got to go. Yeah. I got another meeting and then boom, we're on again and repeat. And then all of a sudden, you know, in my world, my wife's tapping me on the shoulder saying, Hey, it's, it's six o'clock. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa, I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. Uh, getting ready to chat with you here was, that was precisely my experience as I told my team, look, I got to get out of here. So, well, and, but I, I think that's happening everywhere. And yeah. yeah. what I'm trying to do, and you asked me about how, how do you lead in this? Those are the types of things I think I can bring or that I've been focusing on. So if I'm noticing that as a leader, um, I need to recognize that in our group and then lead by example. Yeah. So now I'm going to start, you know, booking an hour, 10 minutes instead of an hour mm. for a meeting so that I'm going to on purpose, ask everybody how they are. Mm. I'm on purpose going to ask them about their holidays because everybody's been so focused and head down and thank you for that. You know, <laughs> um, we can't sustain that. Yeah. So, and that's back to that mental health and taking care of yourself bit. Mm -hmm. well, thank you. Um, maybe let's talk a little bit about business. Um, what's your sense of, um, of how business owners in, in Cochrane are doing? And uh, I would love for you to talk as, uh, as a business owner yourself or with a, you know, you you run a, a service company uh, where people are getting coffee and obviously that's, it's restaurants and pubs and all those things are taking a huge hit. Um, what's your sense of the greater community and, and what are you experiencing yourself as, as you're running your own business? Um, yeah, great question. The business community in my view is um, just uh, in crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, and it started, at least my experience was, I think the same as everybody at home, whether you've been laid off or worried about your own personal finance, now apply that to your business, that the same worries. So uh, we had to make decisions on laying people off. Um, we are, you know, we were worried about, you know, what's it going to look like? What are we allowed to do? What, um, how are we going to adapt our business and pivot? Um, so we've, we've done quite a bit of that. I would say our sales are a quarter of what they used to be. Mm. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Um, that it's, we're on, I wouldn't say life support, but we're getting through this. Uh, I don't know what the, the, the outcome will be in the mm. long term, but I'm hopeful. I've always been an optimistic person and glass half full. And I'm hoping that we'll learn something from this and actually be better when we emerge. Uh, but I know that's not the case everywhere. Uh, there are a lot of businesses that are struggling that had to have to close altogether. Hmm. Um, like for good, we've already seen some businesses saying this is it, business is over for good for us. Uh, no, I haven't heard any of those particular stories, okay. that, thankfully, yet. Yeah. Um, I know there will be some. I'm not uh, you know, naive to that. But um, it's just the how long will this last? I think is going to be one of the precursors of it. I'm thankful that we're seeing some relaxation of the guidelines. However, I'm, I'm cautious about, you know, opening up too soon and maybe we get a spike in, in cases that we didn't have before. And maybe we have to go back. And if we're taking one step forward, two steps back, that's not progress. Mm -hmm. It's actually worse, I think, in my view. Mm. Um, but 
I think there's in crisis, sometimes there's opportunities. So I don't think we're ever going to see it go back to what it used to be. Mm. I think we're going to have to be, you know, some land somewhere else. And that's again, more uncertainty, but businesses are, you know, what, just like people of Cochrane, they're, they're strong, they're uh, innovative. I think they're going to find a way. And um, as a mayor, I hope to help them in any way I can. I mean, we're not the, the Bank of Canada, obviously, with, with the uh, town of Cochrane finances. And I would look to our provincial and federal governments to be more of a financial resource in this. But um, we've uh, recently just assembled a uh, economic recovery task force, which is aimed at just what we're talking about. Like how, what can we do to help you? Mm. Even if it's just put you in front of people that can help mm. or align you with a, a group where you can talk about your issues and we can help you overcome them. Mm. Same um, kind of deal is going on with your mayor's group, maybe yeah. just putting people together. Exactly. There's things that come out of that. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and, and you're not alone. I think, and that's, um, maybe that's what I found comfort in with the other mayors as we get together. We're, we're all going through this together, whether it be a flood or 800 cases or, or eight, we're all in this together and we're all willing to, to share and, and help one another. So mm -hmm. there's comfort in that. So uh, maybe if you can speak a little bit, I know that you've established actually two working groups. Yeah. Uh, there's the economic recovery task force and the, as well a social one. And I think, are you giving leadership directly to the social uh, or are you on both committees? I'm on both. Okay. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm the one. Um, right. I want to like, I'm there cause I, I, and as with other counselors and we're advisors, um, and really the conduit back to our government. Um, but really what uh, I'm hoping we achieve there is, as, as you've said, we share, we have a, we gain a better understanding about what it is that people, whether it be mentally or economically or, you know, anything to do with social uh, well-being, uh, we'll better understand so we can maybe make decisions that uh, are mindful of that. Okay. And any sense of when those groups really get running, like for the economic recovery or so do we need to wait for get out of initial crisis mode or are they already being formed uh, here early May? Yep. They're uh, my hope was they would be up and running this week. Okay. But, um, we're sometimes we move at the speed of government, <laughs> which I, I say tongue in cheek. I think we we've reacted fairly mm -hmm. quickly, but it does take time to, uh, get people on board, organize um, who's taking minutes and that type of thing, and just make sure that we're structurally sound so that we actually can make a difference. Um, there's no sense meeting just for meeting's sake, but we'll, the, the short answer is uh, as soon as possible. Mm. You mentioned a little bit about, you know, uh, businesses having, it's not going to be like it was in spring of 2019. Um, do you have any sense either for businesses or even just for, um, for residents? What are some of the new normals? And I know asking anybody in these days to make a prediction about what it's going to be a few months from now, it's shaky ground because we don't know yet. But do you have some sense of like business-wise you know, I, I think that probably we're going to have to think of this as a new kind of normal way, or 
how we operate, you know, even using recreational uh, facilities, indoor or outdoor as residents or, or other ways, or do you have some sense of what new normal looks like yet that you would be able to talk about? Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the, the province has kind of slated the 14th of May as our stage one. Mm-hmm. Um, and stage one is more medical type, um, you know, businesses back to, to normal, uh, well, not normal, but uh, something opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think what we're going to see is a greater emphasis on um, space. Um, spacing between people, um, number of people in a certain square footage, um, masks will probably be way more prevalent yeah. in our society than they ever were. And mm-hmm. I think we used to see them here and there, um, but now I think they're, they're going to be commonplace. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I heard from the Premier that uh, really hit home with me is uh, no longer is it going to be okay to come to work sick. And I think from the, you know, if I can use the term again, the old school way of thinking was like, suck it up, tough it out, go to, go to work and work through it. You know, you, and I was one of those people, you know, where, ah, it's just a cold or whatever. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll just, you know, a few vitamin C and, but then how many people are you making sick at work? Is that really the right thing to do? Right. It's no longer going to be an option, which, you know, I don't know how that'll affect our workforce, but uh, maybe then on the other side of it, if we found some of these innovative ways to work, that maybe you work from home when you're sick through one of the, the virtual means, if, if you can, not everybody. Have, have a dozen Zoom calls in a row and you even get more done now that you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my productivity increased when I was sick that time. <laughs> uh, are there any... Uh, uh, as, as you look ahead here, as we come into spring and, uh, maybe summer will arrive someday here soon. Uh, are there, are there some basic asks that you are making of townspeople these days or that you think you will be making in the coming days? If you could, you know, uh, like I've, I've said many times, the, the real podcast, our audience is worldwide. So what do you want to tell the people at home? Uh, if you're asking them for behaviors or, or some, uh, some things that you would just say, Hey, can, here's how we pull together. What would you say? Um, I've been saying it the same, uh, for almost, well, going on seven weeks. I think we got to be kind to one another. Mm. We have to be patient. Um, I don't, I'm worried that, um, as we start to ease restrictions that some people will seem that as a, or see that as a flicking a switch and we're through it and okay, we can go back to normal. Mm. And I think maybe this past weekend with the better weather and those announcements coming late last week, I saw quite a few more people out around Cochrane. Mm-hmm. That, and not to say that we shouldn't be optimistic and uh, you know look forward to the future. However, I would say we need to be careful. Um, proceed with caution. Um, don't just go back to the way it always was. I'm very you know concerned that we will see a spike in trans in cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's just it's be kind. Maybe be you know. Mayor Nenshi said this at the beginning that maybe assume you have it, assume you have COVID-19 and then mm. act accordingly. Mm. So if it's wearing a mask or proper hygiene, not maybe uh, getting as close to people as what you're used to until we actually get a vaccine and get uh, 
some solutions in place and kind of get some certainty and a foundation from what we can work with on or upon. Um, I would say, you know, let's just be careful. Okay. Okay. Thank you. What about, uh, so I, I lead a church and the big question that, uh, and, and like many other Cochranites, uh, the people in my church community always want to know, well, how can I help? How can I serve? Um, and I, I know the response to this is complex because even our, our talk a little here about Fort McMurray, that in ways we might just used to say, well, just jump in and do that. All of those things have complex uh, mm-hmm. matters around them that we didn't used to have to think about. But are there any uh, particular or emerging needs that you would say to people who want to serve, who want to help, who want to be, who, who live out this spirit of Cochrane that is part of the reason that we live in this town? Uh, any anything that you would say or, or opportunities you see are are on the horizon? Um, yeah, I would say uh, continue to offer help where you see it, um, and that uh, I think those gestures are going to be the small things which in these times are massive to some people. Uh, it was shoveling a walk, for yep. example. Um, hopefully we're through that. <laughs> we don't need too many more walks shoveled. But uh, as I look out the window, I think I see some flakes here today. <laughs> but, uh, um, the, yeah, and the way we can help has changed because we can't go and do that food drive. And, uh, but maybe there's uh, a way you can still contribute um, the social task force that I was talking about earlier, I'm hoping will identify some of those needs and then we okay. can reach out to groups. Um, so stay tuned for some of the specific items. Um, I've been joking about this, but it's, it's true. And I don't want to be that, uh, classic politician where, you know, pay your taxes, but in this time, if you can afford to pay your taxes, pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a way you can, you can help the community without leaving home. And just doing something you've always done, hopefully. <laughs> and because uh, we, it, it's important that we can continue to afford to deliver on these essential services. Mm. Um, and the only means we have as a municipality to pay for that is through taxation, or it's the, the most uh, effective way, I guess. Um, mm. I would argue. I don't want to get into the whole politics. Of <laughs> The, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be people that can't afford and we're working on that, but, uh, you know, to have a fire department is expensive and to have, uh, you know, all the things that we enjoy in Cochrane, you know, as we look at the service levels and maybe make tweaks to it and adjust them, Mm. it's, um, it's, it's not, uh, it's not that we can just waive them. Mm. Do you think, um, going forward here and I know, as I've been looking at it, the the economic reckoning of of what this will produce, and coupled with what's going on more broadly speaking with the energy industry, um, there's some the the days of, of weighing heavy decisions have just maybe begun to some degree for communities like ours. Uh, but do you do you anticipate that we as a community are going to have to wrestle with service levels that we've enjoyed, and going you know what we, we that that stepping back on our services might be something we have to consider as a way of, of managing all the, the, the fallout of what's going on globally. Um, I, the answer to that should, should be always, we should always be looking at that. Mm. At least that's my view. Um, 
and in, in different years, it's going to be uh, different responses. Um, so the it's kind of ironic going into this, I would say, every, well, I know every single day I would get a complaint or a call or something about traffic. <laughs> I haven't had one yeah. since this, uh, since probably the 15th of March. Um, and I know why, you know, we're all at home, we're not mm -hmm. driving, but, uh, uh, but it's changed. So would, would people still say that that is the number one priority? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that uh, through this, I'm hopeful that people are seeing really what is important in a community, mm -hmm. uh, healthcare, um, you know, uh, clean water, food supply. Yeah. Uh, we've actually, you know, and not to say that everybody is doing great. I know there are people hurting, but for the most part, I would say most residents um, can feel comfort in the fact that uh, you know, when they turn the tap on, the water is is clean. Their garbage is getting picked up. They're you know, and they can afford to live the way they've been living, you know, with maybe some minor adjustment. Yeah. So as we move forward, I think we're going to have to continue to look at what it is that the majority of residents want and, and how they're, um, what they can afford and we'll adjust accordingly. But I don't think we're going to see a massive change to you know, I'll just use grass for an example. Like we could, we could stop cutting all the grass in all the parks. Sure. And you know, that would bring its own issues of maybe fire or mm -hmm. rodents or whatever. But I mean, my view is I think we would still, maybe instead of doing all or none, maybe we just cut grass a little bit less often. Right. And then that stretches, you know, our finances a little bit further. We still enjoy our parks but maybe the grass is a little bit longer in between cuts. Hmm. So I think we can do those types of things, but I don't think from the average resident, I don't think anybody's going to notice a, a real difference. Okay. Well, as you say, uh, all in good time, we, we won't get there quite yet. Yeah. When you get to start thinking about that, it is overwhelming at times. Yeah, I'm sure. Let's just um, one day at a time. <laughs> Uh, I obviously uh, lead a, a segment uh, of our community in, in, in leading a church and a faith community. And I guess I would just ask on, on behalf of some of the, the people that I lead, do you see, what, what is, is there any particular role that we as communities of faith can have in serving the community in uh, contributing to the well-being of Cochrane in these times? Is there any particular ways we move forward to the next phase of, of coming out of this pandemic that uh, we in particular could could be involved in or do. Um, yeah, I think it's it's be positive, it's be there, it's be um, good neighbors, it's um, it's the little things like I've been talking about, but it's also um, I think just reaching out um, mm. and letting people know that you're a group and you're you know there's there's safety in numbers and mm -hmm. the group oh, as long as they're less than fifteen, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and two meters apart. Yeah. But I mean, as we've talked about, the, you know, some of the things that, that have been helping me, and I think um, others would say the same, is that getting together and sharing is what's going to get us through this. Hmm. Um, whether it be virtually or, you know, in groups of 14 in the <laughs> next few days, um, we need to continue to rely on one another, whether it be just through voice or just saying hello or a wave. 
uh, or offer to help in some way. But just seeing another person and um, knowing that we're in this together, mm. I think that's the biggest thing. Okay. Well, uh, I want to thank you for your time. I know, as you've said, uh, it's not like you're short on uh, people to talk to or respond to, but uh, I really thank you for taking time to to chat with me today. And uh, I don't know, just uh, to encourage you uh, from where I sit in my uh, neighborhood here in Bow Meadows, I appreciate the leadership you're giving these days. I, I appreciate the uh, emphasis you've put on communication and just that's so needed in these days. And um I know I've been inspired by a colleague of mine who said early on that he felt like perhaps the, the, the best work of his professional life would be done in this season. And uh, uh, I, I hope and trust that perhaps some of the best work of your uh, professional career actually might be done in serving us in a time of crisis. And uh, I know uh, speaking on behalf of lots of Christians in this, uh, in this town, we're, we're praying for you and uh, your team and, uh, those that serve above and, and with you, uh, thank you for, for leading and serving in these days. Well, thank you for that. And I would just close by saying, uh, if there's anything I can do more or different or, or better, I would be hopeful that people would reach out and share that as well. So as you try and have the answers, it's not always the answer. Mm. So I think uh, part of my role is to be open to uh, obviously listening and and uh, hearing what people are going through. So hmm. if you're hearing something, I would, uh, I would appreciate the, the words. Okay. Thank you. you bet. Thanks very much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to The Real Podcast. For more information on this episode and others, check out our website at cochranalliance.com backslash real. Until next time, keep it real.